Hi everybody and welcome back to the KX Family Podcast. My name is Jenny Taylor and I'm here with Nick Harding, KX Director. Hey Nick, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing really well. Thanks Jen. I'm glad to be back on the podcast route again. Oh yeah, I know it has taken us a while to get back to this, Mm. hasn't it? But I am also really glad to be back chatting with everybody once again. And I am actually really interested in today's topic. So Our title today is So Near Yet So Far. And I was saying to Nick earlier that I'm of Caribbean descent and we have a different phrase that means the same thing. And it is the phrase soon come. It's that space where you've been waiting in anticipation of something for like ages and ages. And it seems like it's just around the corner, but it doesn't quite yet seem to be here. It's that sort of push to say it'll soon come just keep moving just Mm. keep going there's just a little bit further to Mm. go so Nick tell us a bit about this so near yet so far yeah I I love that soon come I'm (laughs) gonna I'm gonna borrow that one you can (laughs) yeah well I think most of us probably have this sense of uh kind of we're almost there but oh not quite there yet and it's that this this feeling maybe after 15 months 16 months of intermittent lockdown and restrictions and the pandemic measures and Everything was about to come to an end, and then suddenly the secret delta force of the viral world <laughs> made its stage appearance, and oh, oh yeah. it's all got kicked back again. And, you know, I mean, for us, you know, I mean, you know, these are minor things compared with what many people have had to go through, so I'm not really making any complaints. But, you know, for, we've had to cancel a holiday for the second year running, and we've had to put on hold our plans as Kairos Connection for local church leaders to, yeah. to gather together for national training events. You know, even for our local missional community, 25 people, just to eat together indoors is, oh, we have to knock that back again. And even though we can do some things outside, it's not the same as having a proper meal around the table together. So, I mean, all of these are frustrating. And it's this sense of, oh, we're so near and yet, oh, and out of reach still. And I, I think that the thing I'm trying to sort of figure out at the moment, Jen, and, and the question I'm asking today is how do we... How do we cope? How do we react when we're in, the, in this sort of nearly but not there quite yet moment? Mm. And I don't know, Jim, what, 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 what's your first thought? How do, we, how do we cope when the breakthrough, which we're looking for, feels just out of reach? Well, I think I'm going to send us back to, you know, the book, really. The, <laughs> the, book. the, book. the book. Yeah, the one book. The book we go to when you need any sort of information should definitely be the Bible. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, where it says, he will not test us beyond what we are able to bear. And I'm pretty sure for most of us during the last sort of 15, 16 months, I think we've probably felt like at times that it was more than we can bear. But we're all, but we're still here, aren't we? And we're still moving forwards. And it hasn't been more than we can bear. But it is also incredibly frustrating and at times horribly disappointing. Um, but we do need to, I think, really come back to. What is it that God's trying to tell us in this mm. moment? And what does it mm. look like to put our focus on him when you're thinking about that space of yeah. breakthrough? Yeah. yeah. What does that look like? What does what do, what happens in that yeah. space? You've got to come back to what is it that God's saying? Absolutely, Jen. And it remind actually it reminds me of uh, something that remember Ed Silvoso uh, used to teach in the in the nineties, and he was when he used to teach on breakthrough. How do we get breakthrough for the things that God's called us to do? And he used the um, illustration of a man trying to knock a wall down, like a demolition guy. Mm. This really thick, sturdy wall looks like nothing's ever going to shake it. And he's got this huge 
sledgehammer and he's taking this sledgehammer to the wall and he's he's pounding away and he's got you know 10 smashes 20 smashes 30 sm- not even a dent in the wall and he's thinking all oh, it's what's the point well i just keep going a bit longer you know 33 35 36 still absolutely nothing you know the wall looks like nothing's going to knock it down and yet something within him says oh you know there's got to be a breakthrough there's got to be a breakthrough and then finally he lands blow 37 38 and this tiny hairline crack <laughs> appears in the wall and thinks, oh perhaps i will keep going yeah 39 suddenly the whole thing starts to shake and loosen up and 40 bang the whole wall is demolished and the breakthrough comes and uh he used to teach off the back of that this i mean he used the idea of 40 days obviously it's a biblical thing and i'm not saying that all breakthroughs come in 40 days don't get me yeah, wrong they don't no, <laughs> i wish they did no, me too yeah but he also used this off the back of that the illustration of a particular kind of fruit fly in California that used to destroy some of the I think it was the citrus crops, and they had to spray the crops regularly for this particular fly that was so destructive. And because the fly would go through lots of different stages of you know of breeding, of eggs, of pupae, of, you know different stages of development, yeah. they had to keep spraying for long enough to get every one of the stages mm-hmm. and it, it was about 40 days so they used to spray the crop not just once or twice but over 40 days to completely destroy this evil fruit fly that was going to take the fruit from the crop and so he, he used to talk about you know how we just need to keep going for the length of time that it takes yeah to get the breakthrough and particularly the idea of not giving up not giving up i think that's and that's probably the thing that we're most tempted to do at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, I think just because when you feel like you've been going at something for a really long time, you get tired, don't you? And you can feel a bit exhausted of, with the keep going element of it, aren't you? And I think that is really hard. I know in the past we've talked about the three lenses which we can use to look at a situation, the, lens, the human lens, the demonic lens and the divine lens. So Nick, which of those three lenses do you think it's important for us to look at when we're thinking of particularly about that space of breakthrough, the almost mm. but not yet? Yeah, no, it's, it's, good. it's good to remind ourselves about those three lenses. And I think they're, they're always all relevant mm-hmm. to every situation, you know, that we look, we look at the human lens. Is there something that we should be doing or, you know, that maybe sin we need to repent of, maybe some practice or habit we need to start embracing. So, for example, in this situation, it might be to look after ourselves, you know, so that we don't get physically, you know, overwrought, overtired or, um, you know, make sure we've got good rhythms. And the divine lens, of course, is always relevant because God's always at work to figure out what's God doing here in this waiting time because often it feels just like a wait, like you're in a waiting room, yeah. waiting for the train to come. You know, and the harder you look at your watch, it doesn't make it come any quicker. No, does it? it seems to slow it down even, doesn't it? The oh, more you check, yeah, the slower it is. Absolutely. <laughs> but the demonic lens, I think, probably is the one I just want to focus on for a moment because if we understand what Satan's scheme is mm. in this kind of in-between waiting pre-breakthrough time, then we'll probably be best positioned for the breakthrough, and we we certainly won't delay it. And I think his his biggest strategy, I think, is just to get us to give up, to yeah. to start despairing, to feel discouraged, and to you know just to, to sort of internally shut down to the purposes of God in this season. Or or maybe it's not even as drastic as that, Jen. Maybe it's like 
just settling, settling for, well, mm. this is good enough. You know, I'll just keep doing what I'm, I, I, you know, what I'm doing and, you know, God will do whatever he wants to do as and when. A sort of almost like fatalism mm. and a passivity. And I think probably the enemy wants to get us passive rather than staying alert, you know, rekindling our faith, listening for what God's saying, watching for what God's doing, joining in, etc. He wants us to become passive. I think that's the biggest risk in the the waiting in between pre-breakthrough moments. And yeah. I think we need to come against that passivity with all of our all of our strength. Because you know, I think Jesus says we can have hope even when we can't see what that hope looks like or how it's going to work out. I often think about that um, that time between the the cross and the resurrection, you know, Easter Saturday, yeah. when there's kind of nothing happening. You know, all everything's gone wrong. You know, Jesus has been crucified. The disciples are all scattered. There's nothing to show for anything. Yeah. And the resurrection Sunday hasn't happened yet. And the disciples are just sitting there waiting. And, you know, it would have been so easy for them to have just, you know, given up and disbanded. But they didn't. They hung around long enough for Resurrection Sunday. And uh, the thing about Easter Saturday is Resurrection Sunday is always about to dawn. So we're people of hope. Essentially, because of the cross and the resurrection, we are people of hope. And as the scripture said, therefore, we do not lose heart. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about that thing about um yeah, not losing hope. So one of our recent Moravian readings is from 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 to 18, which I found really helpful in the season. And it just says, therefore, do not lose hope. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And I think I found that to be really helpful in this season where, at least for me personally, it's been lots of, <laughs> there's been lots of waiting. Mm. There's been lots of not yet. Yeah. There's been a lot of soon come. And yeah. I found that that thing about just going, you know what, this isn't forever. Mm. It's not, this isn't my always. Mm. This is not my everyday. It might be my right now, but mm. that promise that it's actually something great is on the way, that God's got something better for us, I think is a source of great hope. Yeah. So Nick, what do we do then to keep hopeful in some of those dark times? Yeah, good question. So maybe it's a chance just to get sort of practical for a moment. Five things I think we can do that will help us in this these kind of waiting moments. Uh, to number one, remind ourselves that God is at work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, God is always at work. We know he's doing something, even if we can't quite figure out what that is or, mm -hmm. or why there's a wait. Number two, ask him to show us what he's doing. You know, Jesus said, the Father's always working. I only do what I see the Father doing. So let's ask God, even, in, even when it's not obvious, what is it you're doing here, Lord, so I can join in, I can cooperate with you. Number three, I think just seek to be faithful and obedient, even if we've got bigger plans or great ideas that are on hold yeah. for the moment. Be faithful, be obedient, and any, any opportunity to be fruitful in our current restricted waiting time, waiting room circumstances. Uh, number four, just find our hope and encouragement in being pleasing to him. I love that 
that verse in 2 Corinthians 5 where Paul says, I make it my ambition to be pleasing to him. And whatever the season, we can be pleasing to him by our attitudes, our lifestyle, and just you know doing what we know to do. And finally, I think reminding ourselves of what is to come, you know, the well done, good and faithful servant that comes out of that lifestyle of obedience because we want to please God. In fact, you know, you were talking, Jen, about the soon come thing. It reminded me of the fact that Jesus returned, you know, that the early disciples had this kind of, he's coming soon. Yeah. He's coming soon. And they expected him to come in their lifetime. And yet, that you know, even though he didn't, they lived as though he would. And even now, 2,000 years later, soon come. Let's, let's keep the soon come on his return. Yeah. You know, because we, we don't know when it's going to be. We know we've got a job to do. Mm-hmm. We know we've got the gospel to bring to all people, all nations, disciple all nations, make disciples of all nations. You know, we've got a job to do before he returns. And hopefully that's a motivator. But, you know, we just we say with the spirit, soon come, come, Lord Jesus. And these things are all relevant, even in, in that long term waiting for his return. That's the ultimate thing. I'm, I'm longing for that day, Jen, when Jesus returns and I hear that well done, good and faithful servant to the one who's used the gifts that God's given them, used the talents he's entrusted them. So that's the fifth thing is, yeah. you know, live in the anticipation of that. And so those things, those are things that I find really helpful, Jen. Yeah, I think I'm going to add a number six, actually. Oh, there. Is that okay. <laughs> So I think my six is probably use the other five, but use them in community with Ah, others. Yes, of course. Because I think, you know, we don't, we're not silos. We don't do life on our own, or at least we really shouldn't be doing life on our own. We should be doing life in community with other believers. And I know that definitely for me, things like reminding myself that God is still at work, that, you know, finding out where he's at work so that I can get involved in it, seeking to be faithful and obedient. I can't do those things on my own. I really can't. I think we need one another. We need that community of believers to continue to spur us on, to encourage one another, Mm. to put, you know, it's that thing, isn't it? The journey with a friend, isn't it? That pulls you up when you're down and vice versa. And I think there is something so powerful when we can be honest and open in our faith communities um, with other Christians and say, yeah, you know, I'm struggling with this at the minute Mm. because you'll find somebody else will have that story, won't they, of what it is that God's been doing, how he's still at work. Mm. And I think that that really helps us to work on this together and to be encouraging each other that Jesus really is coming soon. He is coming soon. And that's exciting, actually, isn't it? I get to be involved in this. I get to be part of God's reconciliation plan for the whole earth. I mean, what's, oh, not, yes. what's not to be excited about? Absolutely. <laughs> Go and do that, but we do it together, yeah, yeah. in community. Uh, absolutely, Jen. That's brilliant. Uh, can I add a number seven? <laughs> sure, sure. Seven, okay. Let's go with seven. Seven's, Seven's a great good. number. good number, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, this, this idea of finding our joy in who he is, hmm. not in our external circumstances. Because in that waiting time, the one thing we know for sure is that God hasn't changed. Yeah. He's a faithful, loving, merciful God who has good plans for our lives, who is always with us, never leaves us. You know, all the things we know about God, he's good, gracious, glorious, and and great. And, you know, all the things that we just love to confess about the nature of God, they are still true. So we can find our joy in those things. And I was thinking about that verse in Habakkuk, the last last three verses of Habakkuk, Jen, where 
that the prophet says, though the fig tree doesn't bud, there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Just taking joy in who he is. I think, you know, that's really what I think Habakkuk is getting at here. I don't, I don't know, Jen, have you, have you had any kind of experiences where you've been in those kind of waiting moments and, you know, having to dig deep into God for those those times? Yeah, I think actually for our family, we are probably still in one of those waiting moments. Um, so my, uh, my husband, Chris, owns a recording studio here in Liverpool City Centre, uh, which is it's amazing and he loves it. <laughs> it's very cool. It is very cool. It's very cool. The kids also appreciate being able to say that their dad's a record producer. There's <laughs> plenty of yeah. kudos, yeah. But um, I, I get the same kudos saying, oh, you know, Jenny, who works with me, her husband works with the recording studio. <laughs> it's like reflection. It's yes. great, yeah. yeah. So, um, but like in, in December 2019, we got told that the building that we were in was was going to be sold and we needed to find somewhere to move to. to 2019. Move. Yeah, 2019, December oh 2019. So here we are, it's June 2021 and we still have not moved. And it has been one of those journeys where it's felt like one step forward, two steps back. Every time we've made some sort of progress, we found somewhere to, we found a building that we could move to, but there was a problem with the planning commission. We finally got, we finally like were able to put in the stuff for the planning commission and then it got like thrown back on what is like a really minor technicality. Mm -hmm. One wall was about 10 millimeters too short, oh. like really, and got sent back. And, you know, it was it just kept going. It was like, so we, we fixed that, sent in new plans, and then they were like, oh, we're really sorry, but the timing for your planning has run out. So now you need to make a new application. Oh, no. And like, it's been like that all the way through. I think um, if anybody's watched the news, you may also know that Liverpool City Council has had some issues with its planning and regeneration department that's meant um, yep. central government has had to come in. So that put another pause on it. Big, it, big scandals. Yeah, it has just, it was like one thing after another, after another. So every time there was a bit of good news, and it looks like it might be happening. It's been like a real pullback. And that, I think, has led to us being, you know, at times just really disappointed. You could almost say so near yet so far. It really is so near yet so far. And every time somebody asks me about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's almost, it's almost there. Like trying to, you know, stay upbeat about it. But I think for us as a family, we have really learned that we are not in control. Mm -hmm. And although there are parts of that that have been a bit scary, it's also been massively, I think for me, a relief mm. because it's allowed us to just go, you know what, God has got this and we haven't. And since we don't have control over it, we can just focus on the fact that he's a good father. He gives good gifts. Mm. He will work it out. And that's actually God's job to do and not ours. We, yep. do, we still do our bits. You know, we send in the paperwork on time when we're supposed to. We fill in the forms. You know, we do the due diligence. We've done all the things we're supposed to do. But actually having that focus that God is great and therefore I don't need to be in control yeah. has made a massive difference to our perception of where we are. Yeah. It's meant that that stopped being a really heavy burden and become something that we can kind of give away back to God. Like mm. that's 
Almost, it's almost a bit like going, it's okay because my dad's got that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's his responsibility because it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's okay for us to sit back and rest in that and just trust that God does still have a plan. You know, as you said, that he's still at work. Yeah. And he is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think for us, it's definitely been letting go. And I think the other thing that's been really helpful, um, particularly for me, has just been worshipping. Yeah. Being in a place of worship and actually just declaring who God is over the situation. Mm. Not that that means that it's like instantly fixed it. We are not yet at the point of breakthrough, but we will be. Yeah. Um, and and in, and to some extent, whether we ever get there or not, God is still who he has always been. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, he is who he's always been. He's always worthy of, worthy of my praise, isn't he? He's always worthy of bringing glory to you because of who he is. But I also, I know that he's got my back. So we've just, mm-hmm. yeah, we just worshipped our way through it, I think. That's where we are at the moment. And I am really trusting that we are going to have an amazing testimony to give. Mm-hmm. Trusting that there will be, you know, when we, when we do finally get this new building, we've moved our studio, when people ask us how we got here, we will have a testimony to share. We'll be able to show people God's goodness through that journey. Yeah. So what about you, Nick? Have you had those sort of times where um, you've needed to really look to God for those breakthrough moments? Absolutely, Jen, yeah. But first of all, you're definitely going to have to give us an update on, your, on, our, on our next podcast. <laughs> I will do. I will let you know how it goes. Yes, we, I we will let to, you know. <laughs> we want to hear what happens, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I've already made reference to the frustrations in this season for Paris Connection, having I mean, to cancel or postpone events, etc. Uh, one very personal one for us, some of you will know, there was a time back in 2008 when my wife Jenny and I got hopelessly in debt through my own utter stupidity, no one to blame but me. But we were like half a million pounds in debt, personal debt, and uh, it looked like we were going bankrupt. And for about six months, we just... We're hanging on, hanging on, hanging on to see if there's any way we could avoid bankruptcy. And right at the last moment, God managed to sell one of the properties we'd invested in. Uh, and uh, that took us out of the bankruptcy potential scenario. Yeah. Um, because it was all to do with really bad property investments. And uh, But God, in that first year, God also said to me that, this was going to be a 10-year journey, which was the last thing I wanted to hear. <laughs> Nobody but, wants to hear oh, that, do they? Oh. No. 10 year journey. I, yeah. But I was, I was glad he told me because otherwise I think I'd have been, you know, I'd have, I would have lost heart okay. and God was so gracious to give me like, okay, it's going to be a long time, Nick, till I get you out of this situation. And I've got things to teach you. Remember the human, the demonic mm. and the divine. The human was my stupidity. The divine was God's working some really important things in my character, a bit of, you know, discipline and, uh, you know, him disciplining me as his child who he loves and teaching me you know, generosity and faith and all the rest of it. Uh, and the demonic stuff was very relevant too, you know, not to give in to self-pity or uh, whatever it might be. But it was as the 10 years came towards the end and began to wonder, you know, how are you going to do this? God, is this going to happen? And then finally the breakthrough moment came and uh, it was literally to the month, 10 years exactly. It's amazing. That we were completely free from all debt. Uh, and that was fantastic. So... That was so that was 2018 and I'm so grateful to God for that. But yeah, there's those waiting times where you just need the breakthrough to come. But I think also back to the following years, actually, 2009, 10 and 11, when as a church here in Liverpool, Frontline Church, we went through really, really difficult times. And 
you know, sometimes I thought, you know, are we ever going to come through this season? You know, difficulties in the leadership, difficulties with building projects, uh, knock-on effect on finances, a lot of members leaving church, and then a whole bunch of really horrible accusations in the in the local newspaper. And, and you know, they, they said, you know, this church should be driven out of the city. I mean, that was how bad it got on a whole bunch of really awful things that they were saying about us. And I remember during those three years, I called them my ani horribili, which is my crude version of the plural of the Latin anus horribilis, which, which you may remember the queen made reference to in her worst years back in the day. Um, they were our terrible years. That's what anus horribilis means, horrible years when everything went wrong. And I just, I just didn't know when we were to come out of those, that season, whether the church would survive. You know, whether my reputation as a church leader would, would survive, you know, whether there'd be any church left at the end of all of these difficulties. Mm. And, uh, you know, literally it wasn't, a, it wasn't an overnight thing, but little by little, God gave us favor with key people in the city. Uh, God brought us through the leadership crisis. Uh, you know, he, he helped us to resolve the very difficult building project that we got ourselves into. Uh, you know, lots of different, there were lots of things going on over those three years. Uh, just hanging on and hanging on. Eventually, the breakthrough did come. And God brought us right out of that season into a new season of health and growth and God, God's blessing. So, yeah, I mean, definitely had plenty of those times. Those are probably two of the big ones for us, Jen. Yeah, so, Nick, we've talked then, haven't we, about um, where we are right now, the times that we've seen in the past and possibly presently. Um, wanting to get to that point of breakthrough. But are there any principles that we could take away? Things that we need to do, or I guess maybe attitudes we need to have in those seasons where we're right on the cusp of breakthrough. You can almost see it, but it's not there yet. I think so, Jen. Yeah. I, I mean, sort of takeaways from today, I would maybe summarize it like this. Yeah. So when we don't understand what God is doing in our lives, when we don't understand what's happening to the church, his people, when we don't understand what's happening in our nation, what, wherever it is that we feel like we don't understand what's going on, then let's not become passive and just bide our time. Let's not give up and run away. And, and let's not blame others or even blame God because that takes us nowhere. Instead, I think we just need to keep choosing to trust him despite our confusion. Look to see what he's doing and faithfully join in with it. And bottom line, whatever else is going on, we can rejoice in him. We can find our joy in him and worship him as a good father God. Yeah, I'm definitely taking that last one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's go and worship him. He's a good, good father. But so, Nick, thank you so much for today. And thank you guys for listening. And we will be back soon with another podcast. Bye. Okay, bye-bye.